The views and opinions expressed by the guests on this podcast are that of their own. In no way, shape, or form do they reflect the official policy or position of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. Descended into the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack, a commercial diving podcast by working divers for divers. Episode number 13, 15 Fathoms. We speak with Tommy McConnell, the creator behind 15 Fathoms. He speaks about the inception and the vision of 15 Fathoms. We also talk about his early diving career and his traumatic injury that he sustained while diving. We also have a much needed and frank discussion about mental health and diving. So as usual, please like and follow our our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook page is Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. And our Instagram is Bottom Dwellers DS. And we also have a website that you can check out for updates at thebottomdwellers.com. This episode is unedited and uncut, so listener discretion is advised. So turn up those comms, stand by, we're going to make it hot. All right. Well, another episode of the uh, Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. We've got uh, Tommy McConnell from uh, 15 Fathoms coming on the show today. And uh, really excited about Tommy. He's got an amazing story. Um, he's uh, another Navy diver. He's, he's a Navy diver that, uh, that you know, has a clothing uh, line called 15 Fathoms and uh, really cool stuff. You know, I really enjoy, uh, enjoy all his posts and uh, he does a lot for the dive community. So um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to uh, talking with, with Tommy. How's it going, man? Going good. Can you hear me? Yep, got you loud and clear, homie. All right, here, here the same. How do they do the uh, the comm checks in the Navy? Just like that. Just like that. Same thing. Yep. Nothing special, like you know. Yeah, uh, red diver top side. How do you hear me? Loud and clear, homie. Here the same. All right, no eye at the end of that. No, 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 no eye, eye. <laughs> Although, although I, I did have a guy who would say uh, cheery I I and I was like, don't ever say that again, please, in my presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know I worked with a buddy of mine, uh, Mark Hath, and he was uh, repeating the commands and saying I at the end of it. it was hilarious. You know, it's like, all right, five feet of slack, I. <laughs> like, right. Oh, that's man. That uh, I guess it's a navy I, thing. I, that's you know what it is. That's a, I, I've heard um, submariners sub get like guy. that. Yeah, yes, he's a sub yeah. guy. Yeah, but that's a that's that's a big time. Uh, they they make those kind of calls when they're when they're running the ballast and doing all that kind of stuff. They're very, I I you know. That's more of a I'd say a sarcasm thing, for us. Yeah, I I got it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we had Nelson on when he did his Navy diving episode. He's like, yeah, when we say Roger that in the Navy, that's like f off. I'm like, huh, that's kind of new to me. <clears throat> Thought that was kind of neat. Because yeah, we use some, that all the time in commercial business. We're always like, "Oh, Roger, Roger that," you know, Roger. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. Uh, like, who yeah? That got kind of like contentious at one point. You know, people was like, "Tell someone who yeah." I was like, "Tell someone like, like you know, like, oh, who yeah? I got you. All right, all right. You know, like, <laughs> get out of here. You know, it's not, it's not the, it's not the battle cry that the army has. We're like, hoo-yah! like, yeah. We're like more like, who yeah? Like, you know, sometimes it gets like that. 
Uh, That's great that you're able to come on, man. We're 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 here to talk about diving, uh, talk about whatever we want to talk about. So that's what the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack's all about. You know, we try to get people on here that are uh, related to the diving business and uh, kind of just talk shop, you know, and see what happens. And I'm glad you were able to make it on. Yeah. So are you still working in the commercial world? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, still still currently working. I'm a uh, commercial diver for the uh, Port of Long Beach right now. So I took a uh, public service job. So kind of okay. got out of the rat race, you know, of the uh, cutthroat diving business here in uh, Southern California. So, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I, that's the big, uh, before I joined, uh, what sparked my interest, I had an upstairs neighbor who was a, a commercial diver and he, he, had, he would come down and hang out and have a couple beers every now and then. And, and he, he, one night, one time he was like, Hey Tommy, check this out. And he brought, he brought his rig down and I was like, Oh, this is badass, man. You know, like I put it on and I was like, this is, this is really cool. So, so it was actually a commercial diver who kind of first like was like, yeah, man, it's like being in outer space when you're down there. It's really cool. And, uh, but, but his complaint was, he's like, man, it's either I'm making a bunch of money really fast for a job, like a big turnaround job, or I'm not making anything at all. And it's, it's either hot or it's, it's hot or cold in my, in my world, but that's, I'm, I know that's, you know, every commercial diver has a different experience. So mm-hmm. just one. And, and that's kind of, that, that's kind of your typical construction, you know, it's, it's feast or famine. And when people would tell me that, you know, I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, cause I was always busy. Right. So even when the diving was dried up, I'd still go do topside construction, you know, but I was like a third stage apprentice, fourth stage apprentice. So I was cheap labor. Once I became a journeyman pile driver, it's like, or, or, you know, a seven stage pile driver, that's like, it was hard to find work. So you get to a certain stage where you're a little bit more expensive than, you know, common labor. So I'm just saying it's a definitely a feast, feast or famine business with a commercial diving, just like construction, you know? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you, so you start as a, as a hand. So I've done a little bit of work in the industrial field. I've been a, like, um, uh, my my dad works on a lot of oil refineries out in Africa and Equatorial Guinea, and so he he would get to bring me on as like a fire watch, hole watch. It was like it's like minimal training. You're a hand, you know, you're you're bobbing the totem pole, but it's still you, mm-hmm. you make good money, and you're not you know you're kind of just making sure the welders have what they need and have make it, make sure they're lined up with rods and make sure they're not, they're not getting too hot or they're, bur- they're not burning too hot. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the, the being on a petroleum plant is kind of stinky, but it was good work. And Africa's hot as shit, but other than that. Solid, solid work. But yeah, did you, you I mean, know. yeah. But what did you want to know about the the, the, the Navy diving world in comparison oh. to what you guys experience? Yeah, well, like uh, I, we've we've had a couple episodes now, you know, kind of kind of talking about it, and uh, we know for some of the Navy divers, it's kind of hard to break into the commercial business, you know. And part of it's uh, uh, the stuff that's done in the Navy is a little bit different, you know, in the commercial world. Like we're, you know doing a lot of uh, stuff related to transportation inland. And then you've mm-hmm. got the Gulf, which is all petroleum, you know. So uh, every so often you'll get some cool salvage stuff or whatever, you know. But uh, for the most part, it's it's a little different from what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have we basically have three three main avenues that are, the, that are kind of our bread and butter and then a few outliers. And so it basically it's like underwater ships husbandry, uh, salvage which is mutsu one mutsu two those two on the on each or ones in hawaii ones on the uh, east coast and then you have uh special operations and so that could be supporting eod guys supporting uh frogs supporting whoever else you're kind of that or you're part of a, uh, a flyaway chamber team 
So they put they put Navy divers there just in case one of the one of the uh, techs get bent or the you know seals get bent or whatever. We, we can we run the chambers and now because they've had some serious cases of uh, altitude DCS with the uh, with the pilots, they they have a chamber on all the aircraft carriers now. So if a if a, if a pilot comes in bent. They keep a keep a couple of divers on board, so now divers are going on aircraft carrier deployments, which is pretty wow. wild. Yeah. So you're tr- so you're treating it the same when you're you know bent from altitude. Like that's that's kind of a weird concept to me. Um, what happens there? Do do you know much about like the uh, how to get bent because you went too high? Well, uh, it's it's. I don't know how it occurs. And I, and I did at one point cause I knew I, I had to study on it for a while, but I know it's typically it's, it's usually uh, type one symptoms. So it's usually like, you know, pain, that kind of you know, pain, pain in the joints that, you know, those are those kind of symptoms or it just gets a little lightheaded. Uh, but we just, we, we treat it like anything else. You know, we mm-hmm. treat it like, like, like a regular type one DCS. We'll give them a treatment table and hopefully it's like a t- treatment table five or whatever. And uh, I'm not sure if it's like a cabin, if it's a, if it's an immediate release of cabin pressure, that causes it but i know it's 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 commonplace enough to where it costs the navy less to have a dive crew on on board and instead of flying the flying the pilot inland and having them checked out there it's also faster just having a just having a chamber there ready to fix them instead of going through like you know you know heloing over a bent pilot miles and miles and miles away it's just just do it all in the carrier do it all in house you know yeah and 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 you know what this this might be another episode for another day uh i reached out to he's a hyperbaric doctor you know and and uh mm-hmm. you could treat a lot of injuries with with a uh, hyperbarics I oh mean, hell yeah as soon as the coronavirus came out i was thinking man just toss them in the chamber and lo and behold they were researching whether or not you know that's a good idea and, and it seems like it, it did help you know they use it for burn victims for wounds and you know all kinds of all kinds of good stuff yeah, smoke inhalation. Mm-hmm. You know the the famous the famous word the famous the phrase is good good gas is green is is green gas is good gas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even for like gangrene, really a really bad uh, flesh wound, anything like that, it kind of heals it heals it helps the healing process quicker. Which that which you know and that's and that's one thing I really enjoyed about the Navy side was they I don't know how much if you go through commercial dive school if they put a huge emphasis on being a chamber driver but part of our like our qualification process just to be uh an inside tender they call it um we had to you know give somebody a a put administer iv uh safely administer o2 and because anytime we have a a diver in the chamber we have somebody in there in there with them to kind of watch in case they get cnso2 Mm -hmm. toxicity and um that was the medical the medical side of the house is was was almost so as much as fun as the diving because I, I don't know it's just I've, I've always been kind of a nerd about medicine and I, I, I find it extremely interesting and, and now that I'm gone I've, I'm now gravitating back towards the medical field yeah that's great man because I, I mean I, I find it interesting too how much like our profession relates to you know like I said with the hyperbarics and everything like that like you know I thought about trying to be like a hyperbaric tech during the slow season you know go back to school for a couple more classes and, 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 you know, work at UCLA, you know, chamber over there. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, uh, our, our last episode was kind of about this, you know, with, with, uh, Mitch, the astronaut guy. Um, he's not an astronaut, but you know, he worked with the astronauts and stuff. And uh, he talked about, you know, same thing that there's so many avenues, you know, with diving 
that you can pursue. You don't have to just be, you know, in the water. You don't have to be just a grunt in the construction, you know, trade. You can use that experience as a diver to, you know, do other stuff that you enjoy or, or you know, are fascinated by. Yeah. Supervising, planning, there's all kinds of different, you know, ways you get that, you get that base skill of being out on dive side. And then I've seen guys apply it to so many other positions that, that, you know, once you know the lingo, you know, I mean, I, one of my best friends just, uh, he's working for DuPont now and he's basically like, he oversees orders that go out with a bunch of different parts, you know, filters, all kinds of stuff. And he just kind of, he kind of just grazes over everything and makes sure that it's, that's okay to door, but it's okay to go out the door. But, uh, yeah, there's, you know, initially when I first started, my my plan was do my serve, do my six years, and then go on to doing commercial diving. But that first year, I, I fell in love with it. You know, it just, it was such a fun gig. I, I enjoyed, you know, my crew was awesome. They, you know, they, it, we became kind of a family. We became a really, really tight knit. And uh, I was like, this is it. This is this is what I want to do until, nice. until they tell me I got to stop, you know, and that's what I did. <laughs> But yeah, but I did, I did two tours. I did Hawaii for four years and I did, uh, uh, San Diego for about three and a half years. And then that was, that was it for me. Nice, but, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, fortunately you, you did have a, you know, a medical, you know, discharge. We don't want to, you know, get into it too much, but, you know, just like I said, you know, shit happens, you know, and, uh, you, you know, so what did you do afterwards is what I'm getting at. Uh, let's hear about like 15 after, fathoms, like how you started oh, that whole thing. That, that was started while, that was started started way early leaving. on. I was oh. active duty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was still active. Um, I was so into it and I thought it was so cool that I wanted some swag. I wanted some mm-hmm. shirts. I wanted some hats. I wanted some cool stuff to wear that had diving logos on it or diving, whatever on it. You know, and I, I could find a million things with surfing Hurley and Quicksilver and, you know, all those brands, but I didn't, there wasn't a diving brand. So I decided let's do this. And I was on, I had uh, 10 days. I was on deployment and in, uh, in, in the middle East somewhere. And <clears throat> uh, we got to our location and the guy who we were working with was like, all right, fellas, don't, drink too much. Don't get hurt. Don't piss off the locals. And, uh, the boat comes in in 10 days. See you at the gym. Time is your own. Go enjoy yourselves. And so I got to my room and I was like, I'm going to do, I had this idea of bobbing around. I said, I'm going to do this shit. I'm going to look it up. And I, I kind of did a little research down Shopify at the, uh, the way I got it off the ground was utilizing uh, printful. So our Shopify and printful work together. And so basically when an order came in, a notification went out to Los Angeles to printful and they would do the creation of the shirt, the packaging and the shipping of it, which it was like as hands off as you could be. I was running the company from a computer, not touching anything. Um, but the caveat to that is I wanted to print on American apparel, which is the most expensive shirts instead of like a, you know, a cheap gilded, yep. you know, 25 cent shirt. Uh, and so I was only making $5 a shirt. So I started off making, you know, very meager um, income, you know, with every, with every, with every purchase, but after that, I shifted it, and then I said, "Okay, I'm gonna start screen printing." We were uh, we were fulfilling from our home after a while. Uh, it started to kind of catch on and get faster and faster. And, and um, eventually, my wife was like, "Dude, you got to get these shirts and hats out of the bedroom because it's kind of taken over." <laughs> so, so <laughs> I, I like ran, boxes on boxes. Huh? Yeah, that that dude. It was like it was like stuff like like it was it was a wall. It was a wall of our bedroom all the way up to the ceiling. And so that was my, that was my way. And I, I would pull and pack everything myself, all the shirts, all the stickers mm-hmm. would put the sticker packs together. The cool thing about that, it was just so, it was so skin to skin 
with my uh, with my customers. And I would like, I'd see an order pop and I'd be like, oh, I know that guy. I'd write him a little note, put it in there. How you been, man? You know, send it out. I had nice. that. You can, you can do that personal touch when you fulfill from home, which is, which is, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you also, but you have to have all the yes. stock on hand though. And that's the tough yeah. part. So I'm if sure. you have a apparel band, brand or a swag brand or whatever, and you've got some extra room in your house to, to keep a stock, then, you know, go for it. You, you, you save money, you know, but now I, I brought in, I brought in, uh, industry Threadworks. uh, Ryan Williams runs that out of, out of San Diego. And so they have all my stuff. They have all my, all my physical inventory and they do, they pull pack and ship all my stuff. Uh, we kind of collaborate a little bit now with, with the shirt creations and especially the, the direction I'm trying to push it in now is, uh, I'm going to take, I'm, so I'm starting, I'm going to just be selling bikinis this summer. And then another active duty Navy guy, Navy diver, he's creating uh, pomade, pomade and um, like hair, hair stuff, hair, you know, product. And he's, he's got some really badass packaging. And so I'm going to start. Yeah, there you go. Mustache wax, all kind, all that, all that stuff, you know, got to get some of that. Uh, that mustache. Yeah. Pomade. Yeah. So I'm going to start selling his product as well. And I'd like my vision for 15 fathoms. I'd like to see it become almost like a hub for diver brands for, you know, like, and not, and I mean, mm-hmm. obviously nice. I'm going to be the one selling the t-shirts and the hats. Like I'm not going to bring on anybody, anybody else mm-hmm. selling hats and stickers, but if a diver wants to sell, I don't know if he's making custom knives, custom, you know, whatever else it is, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to try to start bringing in more and more. So the customers have not only hats, shirts, flags, stickers, patches, but hair products, bikinis, maybe some fins, maybe some, you know, a mask, who, who knows, but, uh, but that's kind of the direction I want to, I want to, drive it nice. and keep it deep sea keep it you know which would be cool yeah is that kind of an exclusive here on the uh, bottom no. dollars trying to do like a pinterest <laughs> style diving well show? i mean if i put it on the website you can buy it you know i mean i, I it's it, i have i have the warehouse space so i can stock whatever i want now and they have a great system out there so it's like you know uh, what what do i what do i want to sell on that website you know like what if the sky the sky's the limit and i mean I think mm-hmm. right now t-shirt brands are just getting out of control. Like everyone's starting a swag brand. Everyone's got merch. Everyone's got hats and sweaters and long sleeves and shit. I'd like to go beyond that and make it a hub for divers that are, you know, so you know that when you go to 15 mm-hmm. fathoms website, you're going to get diving stuff. Which diving brand do you want to pick from? And what, what products do you want? Cause it's all made by diver people, diver guys, commercial. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's, you know, it's only neighbor diver stuff. It's going to be open to, Anybody, Shelby J, the woman who's doing my bikinis, or doing her bikinis, she was on the the dive team for the San Diego Police Department. Nice. So she was a big, yeah, she was a big ocean lover, beach lover, and uh, now she's doing bikinis and she's doing them out of like 100% recycled material. She's packaging them in, in really nice biodegradable packaging, which is awesome. And um, yeah, it's a little bit expensive, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see if these bikinis take off or not. You know. So we kind of touched on it a little bit. You, you kind of mentioned that a lot of divers, you know, are coming out with like, you know, their, their own stuff and everything. And uh, that's, that's true. Like, uh, I mean, we all know somebody in the industry that's got, you know, it's got stickers or shirts, you know, we have our own, you know, co-host uh, that, that, that is Port Town Divers, you know, and he's got his okay. own cool swag and everything. But um, yeah. yeah, it's, it, it's like you started off kind of the same as a lot of these other guys started off, you know, with, with the, uh, with like the Shopify stuff, is that what you said? The Printful thing and all that stuff, the the one click, yep. you know, where you just design the logo and then they make the shirt, they do everything for you, you know. I think that's cool. 
because I mean, you don't have to have the inventory on hand, you know, and, and your friends are going to buy from you. I mean, that's, that's the one thing. Um, you chose to get a little bit bigger by printing your own stuff. So you're able to have more product out there. So you're not selling to just your friends anymore. You're now able to reach a lot more people. So what I'm getting at, there's a certain point that I guess you get to, to where you're investing so much time and money into something that's your side hobby. When do you make it like your real business? Like when did you have that moment to where it's like, you know what, I've got to go all in on this and uh, kind of make it a legit business. Well, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be soon. Um, I, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like the past, I'd say the past three years of my life have been extremely chaotic and extremely, uh, uh, difficult. You know, I mean, it was like the, I got hurt, I got hurt. And then I still had another year in the Navy where I was hurt and think everything, all my, my retirement was all in contingency. And I had this new injury where I've got tinnitus all the time. I'm getting vertigo. I'm getting spit. You know, I'm, I can't. I'm, I'm having trouble doing things. I'm having. I'm like knocking stuff over. I had to kind of. Re, I had to learn how to relive in mm-hmm. my body again. Um, and so there was that. And then I got out, and I had a. I had a lot of plans for here in Vancouver, and it's. I was met with more more difficulty, and now I'm living in another country, and so that's a whole other. It's a whole other set of hoops. Um, the, for the foreseeable future, we're heading, I'm heading back to the United States. Um, <clears throat> and things are starting to get better for my, in my personal life, which is, which is awesome. So now, now is the time when I really crank back. Uh, it's all how much I drive it. You know, I, I make sales. I make probably about, I don't know, anywhere from five to 10 to 15 sales every weekly. Mm-hmm. So I do have sales coming in, you know, on regularly, but when you really start pulling out, when you really start picking up, lifting up the hood and you get into analytics and you get into the Google searches and you get into think like customer attention, customer sales funnels, how to bring them into that, into that top funnel with an idea. Oh, this person just saw something. They saw a picture of a cool diver. Now they're digging in more. What is this all about? Click. Oh, cool. Let me, he's got a blog. Click. Oh, cool. He's got products. You know, like that, like mm-hmm. it's, it's all in how much you want to pull it back. So if, if, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say I've been complacent this year, but I haven't been aggressive. Got other shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of, yeah, I've had a lot of personal stuff going on that I need to, that I need to work out. And so it's like, I, I mean, there was, there's a point that I've been, that I've been here where I was just kind of like, Tommy, just get through the day, just get, just get up, help with the kids what you can and just get, just be, just be a, a person, mm-hmm. you know, like I wasn't like, you know, I mean, cause I mean, and this is, and this is because prior to that, I was a person who would get up, work out, bust ass on dive side or, or work, you know, work my full day, come home, say hi to the kid, say hi to, you know, to the baby, say hi to my wife. And then I'd go lock myself in the bedroom for about an hour and a half and dedicate a good hour and a half to just 15 fathoms, whether it was writing mm-hmm. a blog, creating content for the Instagram page, creating content for Facebook, reaching out to other people, working with other people. And it, it's just kind of, you know, I was just a very, very uh, motivated, you know, high productivity kind of person. And I was still, I still would put that pressure on myself. Like, God, I was, I was beating myself up for a while. Like, God, I'm not doing what I used to do. And that even drove me further into kind of a depression. And then I came to a point where, you know, and, and I'm also, I also see a therapist, you know, and I came to a point where I was like, you know what, let me just accept what is. And if all my day consists of is getting up, getting myself something to eat, getting the kids something to eat and helping out, just be at peace with that. 
and let's rebuild. Let's rebuild my. Let's rebuild who I am from the inside out with more acceptance, more mindfulness, and uh, and just I don't know, just a new take on the world, you know. And and so now I'm getting, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm getting better and better every day. And and so I, I can see myself going like full send, full throttle, Tommy. Soon, mm-hmm. you know, it's getting there, which is good. And, and that's a thing to 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 start your own clothing line. There's a lot involved. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just you know printing a couple of shirts here and there. I, I mean, it can be, right? I mean, it can oh, be. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But if you want to, you know, make a business of it, there's a lot involved. You, you're saying you've got to get your your personal stuff together first. got to get your mind right first. And I, I guess that's just in all business, you know, pretty much in all life. But, I mean, I'm just saying I, I don't see you being able to fake it till you make it when you're trying to design dive shirts and run a business like that, you know. Maybe as a diver no. you can, but not, you know, in that business. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's getting now, it's getting to the point now with, with all the t-shirt companies and all the uh, t- companies that make t-shirts, it's getting to where like, it's super easy for a few clicks. And now you've got, you know, merch coming in. It's, it's, it's very simple. You can, you can do it very quickly, but your stuff's not going to be high quality and you're not going to put eyes on it. You know, uh, every company that I work with, I've, I've vetted them very heavily. You know, the people that make my coins, my patches. And so I know, I, I already know what's going to San Diego because I have the products in my hand. And I always, you know, I mean, anything that I sell, I make sure to kind of touch and feel it first and, you know, get an idea, but yeah, it's, it's involved. It takes, it takes a lot. You get, you get better and faster at it as you, you know, just like any other job, but uh, yeah, it's, it's like, and that's the beauty of owning your own business. I can kind of let it ride and not do much, you know, and maybe one or two sales might come in throughout the week, or I can be writing some incredible inspirational stuff and some motivating stuff and some curating some incredible content. And it's like, it's just how you make you as an individual make the whole thing go. And so it's like, you, you want to make it go really fast or really slow. How, you know, it's just, you, you, you dial that into where you want it to. And then it depends but, on what you're doing it for too. If it's just for beer money, then yeah, that's fine. You know, but yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, there's, there's guys in the dive locker who would just, they would, you know, they'd think of a cool t-shirt and just go have them printed. And they'd be like, Hey, I got these shirts. Stop by the office, you know, pop in, you know, and that, and that's, however you want to do it. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to get the grow my brand to where it is a solid means of income. Cause right now, yeah, it's still, it's still a passion project. It's still kind of fun. It's still beer money, you know, beer money mm-hmm. stuff, but, but yeah, but I wanted to preference, you know, I, I talked about the, the whole depression thing, but what got me to that point was the injury that I suffered. So I had a, I, I had a diving injury. I got, I was working on it underneath the aircraft carrier, uh, about three hours, 44 minutes on a, uh, doghouse coffer dam on the, on the, the, I think the port side. Yeah. Port side rudder of the, of one of the, air, the aircraft carriers grinding, mm-hmm. uh, laminate off of it. And, um, <clears throat> I was working a pneumatic grinder. So it was a lot of pressure, just a lot of, a lot of reverb down in that coffer dam, you know, and I came up and a few minutes later, man, I just, I felt like the boat was like, was doing this. And so I thought maybe we're taking on rollers. And then I noticed that like nothing else was moving on the walls. Oh, it was me. And I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm like the one. sea legs on at the moment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I thought, I thought the, bo- the boat was rocking. Yeah. And, then, and nothing nothing else, nothing else, was slapping against the walls, you know? And I'm like, oh shit, this is me. This is inside my head. And then I kind of I stood up and kind of staggered and was doing like a, a heel to toe. And a friend of mine came back there and he's like, Tommy, I've been watching you do neuros on yourself for about five minutes. Are you? What's going on, dude? And I was like, I think I'm fucked up, man. Like I, I'm super nauseous. I got, I've got, I'm super nauseous. I've got rain in my ears. Um, I've got a fullness in my ear. Um, yeah. So I felt I was, I got really bad vertiginous symptoms. I was, you know, for, for walk, kind of walking all over the place. I kind of had to 
you know, prop of my buddy to kind of walk straight. Uh, and then immediately, um, I got a ride home. I got home. My wife saw me. She was like, you look like hot shit, dude. You look like you're pale and you're falling over. And so they called the DMT and he came and brought me to the chamber, did a chamber treatment. Uh, still had some, still had some vertigo, did another treatment, still had some vertigo, still had really, really, really bad rain. Really like, like I have horrible tinnitus. Uh, and then a day later I had to do an MRI and found out that I have a, a fusiform brain aneurysm, which is unruptured, which, I mean, I don't know if you had any friends that have had an aneurysm ruptured, but like, it's like a, it's almost like a 60, 40 survival rate. So I kind of have this little thing in the back of my head that could just pop and, uh, yeah, that's it. That's my, you know, uh, or, or I get really lucky and I'm, I go to the hospital and hopefully I'm, I'm not even, I'm not fucked up even worse, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was the, <laughs> that was the beginning of me going into a very, very deep, deep depression. And, you know, I don't, you know, I know it's, I think it's, it, to me, it's warranted because I'd never dealt with anything like that in my life, you know? And I mean, we, you know, we had a few other things happen along the way that were difficult with, you know, uh, my wife and I, some, some other medical issues and stuff. And so it was just like, it was like one of those years that were just like, all right, what next God, what next, what are you going to throw at us next? So that was, that was difficult, you know? And I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of, I know a lot of guys, a lot of veterans or any, any guy that has a career that he loves and then he can't do it anymore. You're going to have a period where you, you got to process that shit. You've got to get through it. And, um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, uh, preservation, you know, taking care of yourself. Like if you, you know, if you've got some anger, if you've got some issues, you've got some, you know, fear inside of you or whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, everybody has big, nasty emotions. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's how you handle it. And, and I, you know, therapy's helped me a whole lot. Going to sit with a therapist, and not just any therapist, a good therapist. I've had I've had good and bad, but uh, but I mean, anything you do to mitigate mitigate that, and anything that stops you from punching a hole in the wall, shooting somebody, or or hurting somebody, you know, is is is, is a positive way to deal with that yeah. shit, you know. But or drink yourself to death, like I'm doing. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Or or just or just go to you know. Trust me, I've been I've been down a couple bottles of Jack, you know, that <laughs> you know, drowning my sorrows, you know, but uh. Cheers. Cheers to the weekend. Yep. Who that? I'm a Saints Cup. Nice. Uh, yeah. But- yes. Sorry, Tommy. I, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it or not. You know, I'm not that guy that's going to push for ratings or anything like that, you know. But uh, it's, it's really good to hear this because uh, a lot of divers do feel the same way. I mean, yeah. a lot of them go through some serious shit, too, you know. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of a lot of divers. I've known quite a few. Convert, I know a guy uh, ripped his hand open with a grinder at depth. Uh, mm-hmm. Another guy got sh- horrible, hor- shocked horribly, almost almost died getting shot. Another commercial guy getting shocked out in California. And, uh, yeah, um, I, I no, you didn't you didn't prod for it at all, man. And I mean, I'm I'm kind of an open book. Like if you'd asked about. You know, if, if you're like, all right, so who's better, Navy divers or commercial divers? They'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm not walking in that trap, dickhead. No, like, I don't know. You know no, I'm not gonna this is my first podcast, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. too funny. No, man, I, I've got I've got a message now. You know, I mm-hmm. I, I value mental health because it's it's saved me. It's helped me out. It's it's saved my marriage. It saved my my fatherhood. You know, being you know being being right with my kids. You know, and not being a complete asshole all the time. You know, uh, it's being with therapies help repair, help uh, my relationship with my own dad, honestly, you know, cause he wasn't the, the nicest guy growing up, but I've learned how to accept myself, accept him. And uh, I, I just, I know there's a lot of people out there 
who have problems and even if it's a minimal problem and, and go about it the wrong way with dealing with it. And there's no shame in going and sit down with the counselor. There's no shame in disclosing your problems with someone who uh, is a professional brain wrangler. They're mm-hmm. amazing. Honestly, I, I love, I love a good therapist. I mean, cause they're just, they're so helpful. You know uh, you got to dig deep. It's just like, you know, you, if you go to the gym and you sit there and lift 10 pound dumbbells, you're not going to do much but you go in there and you fucking lift heavy and you're going to see some results. Well, it's like when you go into a therapy session, it's the same deal. You know, it doesn't always have to be hard, hardcore, but the further down you dig deep and the further you make yourself vulnerable to that person, the more you're going to get out of it. And like, they can't tell nobody to lose their license. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what, you know, like I, but I'm, I mean, I'm my, sure, <laughs> I'm sure it's oh, the same dude with the Navy divers, the co- commercial divers. Like we keep everything to ourselves. Like we don't open up to nobody, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very solitary trade. I'm like I said, I'm sure it is with Navy guys too. There's a reason why we want to be by ourselves underwater, you know, <laughs> working in our own little world. So, yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for that. I mean, how did you first start, you know, seeing a therapist? Was it hard to go talk to somebody? Uh, it was, it was, you know what it took? It took me to meeting, meeting my wife. I met my wife in Hawaii. Uh, I knew I had some, I, like she, I met her and I was like, there's no way, there's no way this chick likes me. Like I was like, oh, you know, like, and, and she did. And so then that, that, that was me being insecure and, you know, jeal- you know, jealousy is kind of like right after insecurity, you know, it comes right, comes right next. And so I was like, you know, I had some jealousy issues with, my, with myself and I was like, I'm going to go see a therapist. I'm going to work this shit out. I'm going to figure, I'm going to figure, figure my shit out, my own personal stuff. Cause I want to, I want a successful relationship with my then girlfriend who became fiance now wife. Um, <clears throat> so that's how it started. That was the first time I walked into a therapy session and, and sat down and was allowed myself to be vulnerable, but you're absolutely correct. Guys that work in the industrial field, welders, pipe fitters, you know, divers, whatever it is, you know, Nate, military guys, Marines, you know, whatever you are, um, it we're tough guys. We're strong. We're strong. We're you know we don't we don't mind lifting up shit with our hands. We don't mind getting dirty. We don't mind getting down the nitty gritty. So the idea of going and sitting on a on a in a chair and crying and allowing yourself to be vulnerable is very foreign. It's 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 something that. You know, most guys, they don't want to do that shit. They don't want to go and, and go, you know, cry your eyes out to somebody or, or, or uh, you know, tell somebody about your feelings. You know, they don't they don't like to do that. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't deal with any of my, my guy friends. I mean, I, there's like maybe one or two that I can get really personal with. But typically, no, it's just I mean, and that's, you know, that's just that's just how we're wired. That's just how men are men are wired, yeah. you know. But uh, but my message is don't worry about it. Just go. No one's, no one's going to, you're not, you're not, you're not hurting yourself by going. You're only helping yourself. You know, how do you know that you have to go see someone? Like, is there a moment to where it's like, crap, I'm mad all the time or, um, you know, pissed off all the time. Is it as simple as that? Or is there, if, if you're you losing know, to come to Jesus, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all, it's all about self-realization, you know, and self-awareness. If you, if, if you're, if you find yourself, if you find yourself where you're drinking, not to have a good time you're drinking to cope or you're 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 angry and you're just your relationships are are failing your friendships your your relationships with your family and your wife are are starting to fail and start and you're becoming irate angry and you you know you get in this headspace where you're just like oh i'm just mad right now shit i'm just if you're just wired so tight that anything just sets you off those are like those are like telltales that like bro you need to go yeah you need to go talk somebody you're getting way or you're just are you just getting like fucked up all the time 
Yeah, that's the that's mm. the biggest one. You know, I mean, I knew, you know, I had I had a couple guys that I worked with that, you know, they were just out every weekend chasing tail, getting hammered. And it was like that that's the easiest way to mask it because you mask it behind this this shield of like, oh yeah, let's just go out and you know get drunk. But it's like you're kind of suffering inside. But it, it's so it's it's the hardest thing, the hardest thing to do is to make that first step and just say, I internally, I know something's wrong. Let me go fix it. You know, but it's it's hard to get that. It's hard to get there. I know for some, like I said, you know, for for some it's tougher. You know, definitely, um, it's much easier to just blame your wife or girlfriend. You know, and I'm sure that you know. I'm just saying, dude. You you read the same stuff I read every so often. Dudes will post stuff on like their Facebook feed about this crazy this like you know woman or that or whatever. And sometimes you just gotta step back and like, dude, if you're having so much trouble. Maybe you should look at yourself a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. You know, no. It's, so. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the self-realization, you know, and, yeah. and just with like, uh, with the military, it's like, you, you know, you have guys and I'm sure there's some of this in the industrial field where like you might have a boss who's like, well, it was hard for me. So it's gonna be hard for you. You know, and they, that, that kind of gets, that kind of gets passed down, which all that has its purpose, you know, like, it's like character building, you know, breaking somebody down to build them up is all, is all helpful. But like, there is the capacity where that that style gets taken a little bit too far and now someone's just projecting their own anger on you you know and and there's and mm-hmm. you have to know you have to be able to know the difference like look if, you know like I, I don't know i i had a, i had an issue with with somebody i worked with where i was like i want to train i want to train to do a certain i had there's a certain task that I, that I had to do that i wanted to, I, I, I was asking for training because i was familiar with this task on submarines but I wasn't familiar with it on ships. And so this is more of a, this is more of an administrative, like lockout tag out procedure. Uh, I was, I was gangster on the subs cause I did it on the subs. And then I went, I, I switched over to the other, to another team where I was working on ships. And uh, I asked my leadership, I was like, Hey man, can I like shadow somebody for a week? And it became a conversation like, well, you know, we could just pull your claw, but that's you to do. And I'm like, no, man, I don't, don't pull my claw. Just let me, let me follow somebody. And like, that's where it's like, mm-hmm dude, you're not doing this to help me. You're doing this because you're being a shithead, you know? And so, you know, you gotta, you gotta know the difference. You gotta see the difference. I mean, we all come from, we all come from dads that were raised in different times and, you know, around different cultures and stuff. And so it's like, that's, that's a part of it too. You know, like what we hear from our own, with our own fathers and, you know, I, I love my dad. I love my dad, but I also realize that he's just one man and that, you know, I'd, I'd rather read books to kind of you know, like get my get my find out my own character than uh and just say oh i'm a carbon copy of my dad i'm just gonna do everything that he did i'm gonna do you know i'd rather do things my own way better you know right mm-hmm. but yeah but yeah, yeah sorry, no. sorry i turned this into an episode about uh mental health but that's just like, no yeah. like i said this is a bottom dollars dive shack we talk about whatever the hell we want you know we're like i said i i did want to talk about it you know, and I also yeah. want to talk because, again, the Navy life is a lot similar to a, a lot of the working divers right now. Because, I mean, we're constantly on the move. You know, I was just thinking just before having you on, you know, I want to talk about this, too. It's like a, it, it's a really lonely life, you know, when you're busy and working. You know, whether you're an offshore guy on the rig, you know, you're, you're by yourself away from your family. Um, I did mostly inland diving. And uh, there was times where I woke up in the hotel room. And I honestly did not know where I was, didn't know where I was or what day it was because we were on the move so much. I was like, where am I? And I forgot that I even had a family, 
And it's <laughs> like, I couldn't think of my kids' names, you know, at that time. It was really weird. It's, it's, it's a weird, weird feeling, you know, when, yeah. you're, uh, when you're just constantly on the move, you know. it's Yeah, it's just odd. But, uh, yeah, no, it's like you, you have to keep your mind right, man, because that's another thing, too, in the water. Um, a lot of us have seen it, too. I'm sure, you know, guys lose their edge, you know, and when you lose your edge, you get hurt. You know, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a serious thing. A lot of diving psychological. You know, at first when we get into it, we're doing it for the adventure and, and doing it for the fun and stuff. But you know, after a while, it's it starts to kind of wear on you a little bit. You know, and uh, your experience that you're not able to uh, to be in the water anymore. I you know that th- that's got to weigh you know heavy on you, and you're working through it. And I understand you know. How uh, that you have to have to kind of kind of work through it, you know. I've got another friend of mine that uh, he was uh, paralyzed after a motorcycle accident, Shit. and uh, you know, I talked to him not too long ago. It's an old old timer too, you know, and uh, he, uh, yeah. So you know, talked to him. I, I got to reach back out to him, and uh, a lot of it's friend support too, right? I, I mean, you have yeah. to stay in touch with people. You can't close yourself off. That's kind of where where I'm going <laughs> with this whole thing is that uh, it's easy to close yourself off. Yeah. Yeah. And even it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I, 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 there's still a lot of guys that I call, you know, so like I've got friends that are going to be friends for lifetimes, you know, and even, and it's, it's weird. I even make, I mean, people I meet through the internet, you know, like, or like just meet on it's like other divers through Instagram. They might be, a, they might be active duty, but you know, if you jive with them, it's, it's, they kind of know your story and, and yeah, but yeah, that, having a good community is definitely uh, helpful. So I got, you maybe it reminded me of um, when, after I got through dive school in Panama city, I was shipping out to Hawaii and I was in like my hometown, my hometown slide out Louisiana. If you, if you dove out in the Gulf at some point, you probably know about slide out. It's like on the way to the, basically on your way to the bayou to, to uh, grand Isle. Um, <clears throat> but there's like, I, I went, went to Outback Steakhouse, Outback Steakhouse and I was like having a beer. I was by myself. And there's a couple of the guys there and I saw like a Mark five on the back of his shirt. And I was like, Oh, cool. These guys are divers. And I was like, Hey, are you guys divers? And they're like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I just got the Navy dive school. I'm going to Hawaii. And this guy rolled his eyes so hard. I was like, okay. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, never mind. They, they didn't, they didn't want anything to do with me. They're like, Oh, look at this little shithead. <laughs> He's just coming out of dive school, brand new. It's a greenhorn. You know, I was like, Hey, you got the commercial divers. I'm going to be a Navy diver. Well, I am a Navy diver, but just not yet. I got to go to my first command first, you know? <laughs> but yeah, they were like, they were like, get out of here. I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, we, we have those, we have a, we keep a debt. We keep an attachment of, um, of uh, civilian guys with us, usually prior Navy divers because they, they stay at the command and they know the jobs. So as the ship comes in, you know, I mean, everybody, all the, the Navy guys, they roll through, you know, three years, one year, you know, it's pretty much you're getting trained up one year, you're in the water. And then it's like that last year, you're kind of like, you're starting to be move your way out where if we have guys that are there for years and years at a time, they have that job, that job proficiency. So we, we weigh heavily, you know, we, especially for ship's husbandry, um, our, our civilian guys that stick around they're they're extremely valuable to us. Yeah. The, the, uh, so the civilian guys, those guys are, are typically the guys that, that are done with their, uh, with, with their, uh, what, what's it called, man? I'm sorry. Their, uh, term of service or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They might, they might not reenlist, you know, and they'll get out and, uh, they'll come, they'll come, I mean, they'll, they'll come a couple of days. They'll take, they'll take a week or two off. Like, Oh, what's up, man. How you been, Steve? You know, like they'll come back 
with a, with a beard and uh, wearing street clothes. And that's how you know they're they're on the civilian side now. You know. So does the Navy help a little bit with job placement afterwards, or like what's kind of the support there? Uh, if if you were to if I was to get out and I wasn't hurt as a diver, oh hell yeah. Yeah, they have something called uh, Navy Cool that takes the skills that you have in the schools that you've been to and sort of lines you up for civilian life. And then the VA, the VA does a ton of stuff for job placement. If you're still fit for full and you want to find a commercial job, dive job, it might not be the best when they find you, but they will they will get you lined up and they'll get you get you where you need to be. You know, and I mean, <clears throat> and that's the big thing with uh, so you know I will I will I will say this about the the duality of the the commercial and the uh, military dive world we do shit that you guys don't do you don't you guys do shit that we don't do and we all have egos oh yeah see and, and, there it is and, and that's <laughs> commercial divers are such assholes i mean me included i mean it's it's that's just like our mo you know so when someone comes you know from somewhere else into our neighborhood you know we're like you know you guys are the different gang <laughs> that's what it's like oh yeah you know? yeah we're all wearing the same shit we are a gang yeah it's <laughs> too all funny wearing, yeah we're all wearing the same green the same green shorts the same boots same uh same blue and gold blue and gold yeah we touched on that a little bit i thought it was funny that uh that, uh nelson gave us a breakdown on uh you know the history of the blue and gold and everything and i told him this story about my buddy of mine that asked for a shirt <laughs> I'm like, oh <laughs> you gotta earn it motherfucker <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. We he he got so much crap from the uh, guys on the boat with us. It's like, yeah, yeah, dude. Nelson Nelson's been me. Me and him have followed each other from day one, from the like the beginning of Fifteen Fathoms, which is pretty badass. I started I started like almost six. It started September twenty second, two thousand fifteen, is when I launched the website officially. Nice. Yeah, that I mean I don't know. I've there's been times when I wanted to sell it. There's been times when. I, I don't, I, I don't even want to look at it. You know, there's been times that I've like royally, royally fucked up and overshared with uh with a writer and he's, he took it to the, took it to the limit and ran with it. And like, I gave him the story and this dude bust out with a story called confessions of a Navy diver. And I got in a whole lot of trouble for that shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's my fault. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to say that right up front. It's my fault for, for walking into this trap, but this dude just like, he knew what he was. He this guy had a plan, and he executed and got it done, and made me look like shit. And uh, it was like, I just never expected that to happen. You know, I never expected that uh, somebody that was a prior marine, now a writer, do that to another active duty guy. Like, say, oh, let's do a story. Let's do a little one, a little edgy, a little bit more. You know, you try to kind of pull it out of me, pull it out of me. Let's talk about some some stuff you wouldn't want to say in front of your uh, your 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 uh, your dive officer or whatever. You know, and I was like, all right, well, we'll go a little a little bit off. And oh man, it got really bad. And like, I like I I called the guy. And I was I was begging him. I was like, please take that shit down. Take it off. Like I was like, dude, I I didn't think it was gonna be. You're like still that. active, you know. At the yeah, time. this is me active. What no. the. <clears throat> This ha- I got. I had just gotten back from Groton, Connecticut. I just gotten back from Groton. I was on dive side, and my chief was like, "Hey, Tommy, um, tomorrow just go in the just go into the main base the next day and have your have your camis on. You know, get ready, like, like stand by." And I was like, "Oh, I think I know what this is about." And he's like, "Don't worry yourself right now. Just." And as soon as I walked in that room, 
by the way they looked at me, I was like, is this about the article I did? And they're like, what the fuck did you do, Tommy? Like, we got a call from the, from the commander of the West path of like the whole Pacific fleet. We got to, we, that's, that's who saw this shit. And it's just Jeez. like the worst tri- possible person to see it. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, like under like the second half, like, it's like somebody really, really, really Jeez. powerful saw this shit and you did it. And so, yeah, so that was, that was really bad. I, I mean, and that's a mistake I'll never make again. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that was, uh, that was before, that was before the injury, but that was, I, I, I can, I can tell you this. From that shit, I started going to therapy. I was, I was, I checked, I got, I got back into therapy because it was just, it was too much, you know. And like, yeah, I didn't even, I, I was like, you can't be a veteran. There's no, how are you, if you're willing to do this to another fucking veteran, you have part of your soul missing, my friend. Like, I, like, I, like, I'm nobody special. I'm nobody important. I'm not like some like senator that you've got this great smear story on that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna change the world with, uh, with what you expose. I'm just a, Active duty, second class Navy diver, dude. Con- congratulations, right? Almost ruined my career. Thank you. What you know, but the heck? yeah, just hey, diver grunt. You didn't put a gun in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's still don't, not don't cool. Don't let it go, man. That's, you know? that's yeah, it. That is not cool at all. Stupid journos. Who yeah, not it. cool. But yeah, but lesson learned. Lesson learned. The guy got yeah. you know he got what he wanted, and you know if I that's that's if I ever see uh, James Clark in person, I'll probably knock him out. <laughs> All right, I will. James Clark. I will. I will. I will. I will. He's I will. on our hit list. Fuck you. Fuck you, James Clark. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no. It's it's like, I, I don't understand it. it. It's like, do these people want attention or, you know, I don't know, man. There's like no integrity for, for some of those people like that, you know. And uh, that's one of the things that we kind of struggle on the commercial side is uh, divers with integrity, you know, and uh, to the trade. You know, you got a lot of backstabbing some bitches in our business. You know, and uh, unfortunately, you saw that firsthand, you know, and uh, I'm just saying, man, it's it, it's not a cool way to be as a person, you know, mm. to be trying to trying to destroy someone in order just for you to get a little bump. But yeah, man. So, uh, yeah. So is it that do you have a lot? Do you have a lot of guys who know how to dive or are, are trained to dive? But if there's like a hierarchy of who's been doing it longer, like how does how does the picking how does like the pecking order work with you guys? Or who's who's getting in the water every day? Right, um, that's a good question that people are still trying to figure out. I mean, given there's there's guys that are known, uh, you know, being good divers that have been doing it for a while that has got a reputation from being on other jobs and stuff like that. You know, um, I was a good hand, but I'm not going to say that I was the best hand. Mm-hmm. You know, but I did get called. And that's the thing is that, you know, the guys that get called that are steadily working, that's, you know, kind of the good guys. You know, um, you have some guys that are trying to break out that are kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to figure out, you know. So that's why you get that, like, cutthroatness to it, that if you can tear somebody else down, that way you can get, you know, ahead of that person. That's kind of what happens. And uh, you do have some yeah. people that have been with a certain company for a certain length of time, you know, that have mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they're the guys for that company that are always in the water. The thing is, Tommy, is that uh, in the yeah. commercial in the commercial business, you're dealing with a lot of money. I mean, it's not a yeah, it's not an insignificant <clears throat> amount. I mean, we're talking, you know, at least in Southern California, we're we're making about a, the prevailing wage rate is 110. Actually, I think it went higher. It's like close to near $120 an hour, 
you know, the union will take oh, their shit. cut and everything. So you're making like about a hundred dollars an hour, you know, when you're in the water. Yeah, damn. So it's highly yeah. competitive. And, uh, like I said, everyone's fighting to get in, you know, and uh, I, I just feel that I've been yeah. blessed, you know, that I was able to, to make a living of it for so long, but, uh, it came to a certain point to where it's like, I have a large family. So I, you know, just got sick of the travel, you know, given it's feast or famine. So there were some years that I was, you know, made a good deal, you know, way over six figures or whatever, you know, but there was also some years to where I didn't break a hundred thousand, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's a really cutthroat <clears throat> business. And a lot of guys that don't have the skill, um, in the water or topside, they'll find a way to kind of snake in there with, you know, their mouths. So, yeah. That's yeah. And that's, you know, that's something I was, I was told early on. I mean, we, we were always, we were always pretty good about rotating guys in and out. Okay. You know, he's going to dive this day. You're going to die the next one. You know, right, right in the dive bill, kind of keeping it fair. But there are, there are guys who get in, who get into the Navy and they're Navy divers and the supervisor will be like, Hey, he wants to dive and they won't raise their hand. And it's like, I was told like, Hey, Tommy, when they say, who's your, who wants to dive, just yeah. be the guy, just always, always, I want to get in. I want to get in. You know I mean? I don't know. I, I don't, I was always one that if I knew some shit, I'm going to teach somebody else. I'm going to share that with somebody else, you know, and that's, that's just me, but I know there are, there are people who aren't like that. There are people who look at like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm the guy in the room with the secret. I know how to do this shit. So I'm going to be the one to do it. And no one, you know, and no one else will. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's not a good way to be, but yeah, there's, there's people who will, who will step on other people to get, you know, to get ahead. And that's, that's not, um, uh, that's just a general observation of everybody but yeah and yeah. you do find so that a lot in the commercial business too is a withholding of information and stuff you know trying to sit uh it's it's setting people up for failure you know you you see a lot of that you see a lot of setting people up for failure withholding information um just because if they screw up a dive they're not going to get back in the water which means more dives for you you know ah, that's fucked up yeah the i mean i was fortunate to go through my career that i i was never like that and i've got the reputation yeah. for not being that type of person that's the dive hogger and if anybody yeah. out there wants to say otherwise you know let me know because you know it's it's it, it, it i always shared you know dives if i was a supervisor on, on a certain job we were all diving you know and uh there's some people that don't share their dives if they're in charge of it they're in the water every single day and uh it's because of the money you know yeah so yes and that, that i mean i think that could be changed in like an administrative per, an administrative way but it had to change the whole industry if they just had everybody on dive side they're paying the same you know you know, so if you get you know, if you get that, then you get the, you get the lazy ones. You get the ones that are saying, "Hey, I'm making money no matter what. Right. If I can sit, if I can sit down on a chair and look at my phone half the day, I'll do that." You know, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's you know, that's that's the thing because with us, with us, yeah, it was for the love of the game. We're all getting. Right. I mean, if we're all a bunch of second class petty officers, we're all getting paid the same. Who wants to put a wetsuit on and go and go turn wrenches today? Right. You know, and that's you know, and then <clears throat> most and, and that's the same thing that we're doing with the, the line, port. But, that's the same thing that we're doing with the port of Long Beach, you know, and, uh, we, we all get paid the same for the most part, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those where like, you know, who wants to dive today? Yeah. There's a couple of us, you know, if we're feeling, you know, springy, yeah, throw our hands up and stuff. But you know, a lot of days we're all like, Oh, just came in hung over. So now yeah. if that were in the commercial business where you're going to dive pay, 
then even if you're feeling terrible, you're going to raise your hand up, you know. And then that's also that also opens you up to injury too. Like if you got a like a head cold or something or a cold that you can potentially, you know, not clear or whatever, and it's your turn to dive, you're not going to turn down the dive if you're getting the prevailing rate, you know, the dive pay. You're going to do the dive and you're going to blow your eardrums out on purpose Ugh. to get the dive done. <laughs> Shit. You know, because it's <laughs> that much money that you're dealing with. Yeah, damn. Because, yeah. like I said, it, it's quite a bit. It's especially on an overtime job, you're making like a good thousand bucks a day. You know, at least. Yeah. So wow. It's just, a, just a different beast between Navy and commercial, because the attitude over there, you know, you're right. It's for the love of the game. When you get in the commercial field, it's it, it's all for the love of money. You know. Yeah. Even it starts yeah, off for the love of the game, but it, it turns into love of money, and you're gonna, you know, a lot of these guys are gonna screw other people to be able to get in the water. Splash, splash for cash, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm happy where I'm at now, dude, because it's not like that anymore. You know, yeah. got a good crew I'm working with. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, just take care of each other and, and, and just, you know, doing it for the love of the water. Yeah. You know, there's other it, things I could be doing for the same pay. I'll, I'll tell you that. If I was going to get out of the game, I'd go be a lineman or something. You know, it's not too yeah. late for that. But uh, yeah. I love the water so much. Love the ocean. Love diving, you know, and I'm going to stay, stay in it. So. Um, and then that's, that's why you started your clothing line because you, you know, you wanted to share that love with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I try to like, I try to, um, you know, roll commercial guys in my stories, roll them in the feed as much as I can. Cause it's not a, you know, I roll even like uh free divers and stuff like that. And they're like eco divers, environmental, like tech mm -hmm. divers that go do pictures and photographers. Um, it's, you know, yeah, I'm a Navy diver, but it's 15 fathoms is about anybody who loves getting in the water, getting in the ocean. You know, and that's and 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 that's kind of what I wanted to push. You know, like some people are like, I've, I've had people ask me like, "Oh, if I wear this, is somebody gonna make fun of me?" I'm like, "No, man." Like, I know somebody who's never seen a surfboard, but they're wearing a Hurley shirt. Nobody tells them shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> but no, I mean, like I said, you've got stuff for everybody, and that's the cool thing. You know, um, you got stuff for divers. You got people, you know, stuff for for you know people that love diving and love divers you know more power to them yeah you know, and that's, and, that's and awesome it, it extends to the family i've, I've mm -hmm. got people who have hit me up that said i bought this shirt for my grandpa he was he was a navy diver back in nice. vietnam and i gave him the shirt and he cried and i was like holy shit like you know like that like that's even though i don't make a lot of money with 15 fathoms that's the kind of stuff that keeps me going you know, like hearing like, oh, yeah. And then and like, and if somebody they share a picture, it's like, God, that's like, that's like, it touches my soul. You know, or like I had a, my dad was a diver and then he died. He's, you know, we, we, and I, I, I want to wear a shirt because it makes me think of him. Like, that's like, that's those kind of stories are the stories that are like, this is why I do this. This is why I want to, I want, I'm not going to quit 15 fathoms. I'm not going to sell it. If I do, if I do pass it off, it's going to be another, someone who's just as passionate about it as I am maybe even more who knows it might have a fresh mm -hmm. set of eyes and make the company way better uh, <clears throat> but yeah it's for it's, it's it is for the love of the game and and I, and I love i love hearing those stories or people who are just like i really want to be a navy diver or even my even my even my kid my daughter like I'm a, i have a four-year-old daughter now who uh i gave i bought her a little i bought her a little mask a little scuba mask nice. and she and she um she started like ducking your head underwater and looking mm -hmm. at stuff, you know, and, and, oh man, she, she, boy, she hit my heartstrings. She was like, daddy, when I'm, when I'm, uh, if I become a deep sea diver, will you hold my hand while I'm diving? And I was like, I'm not <laughs> oh crying. Gosh. You're crying. Like, I was like, 
don't say that. <laughs> that totally would have made me tear up for sure. Oh, oh, dude, it was, I was like, I was like, yes, baby, I'll, I'll absolutely hold your hand if you go in the water. But yeah, but I, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise my kids uh, as close as I can to an aquatic environment. You know, that's as good. much much time in the pool, as much time in the lake and mm-hmm. the river and the ocean, you know, because that's, I don't know, good life skills. Well, yeah. I like to do. Yeah. You, you know, and I've got one kid of mine that is just does not like the water and it just breaks my heart. You know, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast when he's 18. You know, he's got like 16, <laughs> you know, he's a, uh, yeah, he's like nine years old, man. And he just hates the water, you know, but I've got several kids. So the other ones love it. You know, I was able to get them in some like scuba gear when they were like, you know, six and stuff like that, you know, and have fun with them. So it's definitely yeah. a blast when they get older. You can do more fun stuff with them. Did I just sound like a terrible dad there saying that I'm <laughs> not proud of one of my kids <laughs> that he lets me down? No, no. It's, it's, it's reversible. I've got I think five, you, I think, dude. I've got five. You got a crew. Yeah, you, got, you got a team, man. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got two. We're two, got a two full dive team. You got a full dive side. Well, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you all, you got your uh, all-time comms and logs right there. What did they get in the water? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That, that's that's one thing that we, you know, we saw uh, before you go to Panama for dive school. You go uh, six weeks to prep, dive prep, and that's where mm-hmm. they they trim the fat. They literally, literally, they cut the, they cut everybody that shows up to that prep course. They go look to the left, look to the right, say goodbye to half the people in the room. Cause we swear to God, we're going to wow. get rid of half y'all. And then like, that's like a, like you feel your asshole pucker when that, when yeah. you say that, cause you're like, shit, you know, like, let's, let's get this. But you're absolutely. So in regards to your son who doesn't like the water, it's just something that you are born with. There's just, it's, it's the equalizer. We have guys, we have guys that are extremely talented college athletes, strong, strong swimmers, big guys who, you know, they, they played a couple of years of college football. College wasn't for them. Football wasn't for them. They got out. They want to join the military. They want to be named dudes that dudes that could really do some really hardcore shit, but you put them underwater and you tell them to tie knots and they can't fucking do it. They can't, they just, they don't get, they're, they're never, they're never comfortable. I was comfortable from the, the day I was born. I love, I mean, not the day mm-hmm. I was born, but I mean, you know, like from early on, I was just a yeah. water baby. I grew up on, I grew up on Lake Pontchartrain, Louisiana. So I, like my, the, the game I'd play with my dad when I was a kid was, can you swim from one pier to the next underwater? How long did nice. your breath hold? You know, it was like, awesome. yeah, it was. And, and then it was like swim team, swim team from the time I was like five till in my teens till about 13 swim team every single year. So it's, yeah, I kind of, I kind of grew up with it, but I mean, I wanted, I wanted to do it every year. I wanted to be in that door. So you see these guys drop out of the program who are, are really strong athletes, super, super smart, super talented. But if you can't handle being underwater, then you have to find a different job. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't belong here, my friend. You know, you, you've, you have a lot of potential, but the water is not the place to, to share it. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there is something to be said for some of the scuba guys that go to dive school because you have to be comfortable in the water, you know, at some point. And uh, I, I think that's kind of similar with the guys that sign up to be Navy divers is that there's no scuba requirement beforehand or anything like that. Is there, it's just, you sign up for it and then they, they put you into the, the, the school and that's it. You know, well, you learn, you learn scuba okay. at the school. Yeah. You go yeah. through, you go through all right. the rigs, you know, you do. And then like, when I was doing it, you go through everything and then you'd have, then you, no, no, no. Yeah. They switched it. You're, they're doing pool week when they first get down to Panama now. 
Okay. That's like the, that's like the first thing they either that or it's, it's it's like two weeks in. I think it's like physics, medicine, and then boom, pool week. We did we did all that, and then before rebreathers, before the Mark twenty five and the Mark sixteen, because those are such like high risk uh, rebreathers, they would do pool week and get our blue and golds, and then the following the next I think the last the last like three or four weeks was was all um, Mark sixteen Mark twenty five rebreathers, which mm-hmm. which made which made sense, but because uh, I mean you can't handle scuba or, you know, the, the August or whatever, then, you know, you have no business being inside of a Mark 16. Cause that's just a death trap, you know, yeah. waiting to happen, but <clears throat> it was yeah, a good, I mean, you gotta be comfortable. Yeah. I, I can say that, you know, I, I don't know, cause I don't know what the training's like with commercial divers or the different, I've heard good things and bad things about different dive schools, but I always felt like there was somebody who genuinely wanted me to succeed, who always wanted to see better. Like if you, if you showed a little bit of interest, they'd say, okay, you know, you want to hear about this. All right, let's sit and talk. Let's sit and, you know, go through flashcards or whatever. What do you, what are you studying for? What are you looking for? Like that was 90% of the guys are, are happy to help. If you want to say, Hey man, let's sit back and let's go over this or that. Or, I mean, you know, you know how it is on dive side sometimes you got a lot of time downtime. So it's like mm-hmm. crack, you know, you sit there and you either shoot the shit or maybe crack a book, you know? And, and so that was, that was one thing that I really appreciated about the community is that, is that even, you know, there was always somebody who wanted to see you get to that next thing. And I guess because we're all getting paid the same, there is, there is competition, but it's kind of like, we're all, we're also in line behind one another, but I don't know. I, you know, and it, I, this is just, this is just me uh, complimenting the, the community I come from. Not, I'm not trying to take away from the commercial dive. Well, it's just, you know, that was the one thing I enjoyed about, my 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 community right no and, and to tell you the truth tommy it's that's uh, again I, i've said it before on this show and i'm you know i'm I'm not talking on my ass I'm, I'm really like i said we're trying to help the community here with the bottom dwellers dive shack you know or commercial community to, like you know and and uh we're trying to bridge that gap too between all the other divers and people that love the water as, as well you know yeah this is a commercial diving podcast and uh we're going to talk primarily about like you know commercial diving jobs and stuff like that but i mean we all share the similar mother, which is the ocean, you know, yeah. and uh, until we realize that, you know, we, we don't have to be, you know, that way on dive sites is what I'm getting at. You don't got to be cutthroat. You don't got to be, you know, bad people or anything. Like I said, you know, that's what we're trying to do here, trying to get the community a little bit tighter, close knit. And I think you do that by sharing everyone's story. You know, I, I think when uh, when people take personal interests in other people, you're less likely to stab them in the back and you're less likely to, uh, you know, only look out for yourself, especially when crap hits the fan. You know, you have a personal interest in somebody, then, you know, you, you might go the extra mile to help that person out. You know, what's the harm in passing off a job lead? You know, yeah. especially if you can't do that job cause you're on another job. Why do you have to, you know, keep someone down? Um, but yeah, I mean, uh- no, I think I think what you're doing is good. I think what you're doing is uh, is something noble. I think it's uh, you know it's 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 virtuous to to take a community that is that does have a lot of ego and does have a lot of uh, people that are kind of looking out for number one and try to say, hey, you know, we're all, we're all trying to get in the water here. We're all trying to you know we're we're all worried about we're all we're all concerned for each other's safety. So maybe let's make this a little bit less of a of a toxic community, more of a of a family or a family feeling community you know um i mean life is stressful enough as it is before you get to the job site yeah and if you have to deal with more stress on top of stress 
that's uh, you know that's not good and, and yeah uh, that's that's all we're trying to say here you know no, one of my I have, a, I have a very close friend who's uh leo and um he's he like he's having internal trouble with another guy who's another officer and i, I was like dude i was like y'all haven't y'all have enough problems already man like there's no doesn't seem like there's any room for ego like you guys should be you guys should be galvanized right now you guys should be more more together than any than any time ever you know not not you know not tearing each other apart but yeah i think i think right now in in those communities it's like you gotta you gotta love the ones you're with mm-hmm. yep and you know like i said that's what we're doing here at the bond dollars dive shack and that's what you're doing at 15 fathoms you know with everything that you're putting out too and uh you know again that's that's one of the primary reasons why you started you know the whole thing is uh to have cool stuff to wear and also kind of draw the community together too you know and uh, hopefully we can work together, continue working together. And uh, I, I, I really think that uh, we, we can make something of the community, you know, and uh, yeah. join it together. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love the community I've built. I mean, you, if you keep, you keep going with this and you're going to have guys come out the woodwork who are like, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, or veterans, guys that are just that are just getting out of the army or whatever else. And, you know, I mean, that's a lot. A lot of sailors, they see divers and they think it's cool. And then they get out and they're like, shit, I want to go. Do, I want to go do that. So, I mean, you I'm sh- I'm sure with this platform and if you keep if you keep, you know, pulling that throttle back, uh, you're going to you're going to get that community that feels comfortable with one another. Like, hey, oh, yeah, I know bottom dwellers. Yeah, yeah it's a good show. Or, uh, you know, I've, I've heard about it before. And, you know, hopefully start to build a, a, a warmer, a warmer community. Yeah. And and like I said, that's all we're trying to do here. You know, share information, share stories, you know, talk with each other, get the dialogue open, because as we talked about earlier, that is important to talk. You know, you can't keep this stuff bottled up inside of you, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I'm having fun doing this and I'm sure you're having fun, you know, doing 15 fathoms and everything. How just a couple last quick questions. How do you come up with like the designs and, 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 you know, logos for your shirts and stuff? I mean, do you just kind of dream about it and then wake up and write it in a log or something? Or like, is, is there a process to designing these shirts? Um, it's, it's a dance with a graphic designer. I'm not a graphic designer, but I'll, I'll conceptualize with a graphic designer and I'll, I'll find, I'll do an extremely descriptive write-up of what I want. And I'll support that with usually like something hand-drawn and then, photographs off the internet to support that hand that hand drawing because my drawing sucks my, my, i'm not an art i'm not a very good artist so I'll, I'll sketch out something and i'll be like all right this looks like a four-year-old drew it but i want it to look like that you know and like kind of meet halfway in the middle and i have and there's a i have a really i have a couple of really good uh go-to's that are my graphic designers that are absolutely incredible um <clears throat> some of them are from the midwest some of them are from like the Netherlands from across this like overseas. That's the magic of the internet, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like I'll, I'll conceptualize something and I'll say, I want to make it, I think I want to make this a shirt. Uh, I've added like new things to the shirts, like little, like, like the hem tag and, you know, it's just, uh, just scaling and just kind of fe- like feeling out what do my customers want? You know, I'll ask, mm-hmm. like, I, I got, I got to ask for hoodies for like, Two and a half years. When are you gonna do hoodies? When are you gonna do hoodies? Right. And finally, I finally dropped like seventeen thousand dollars and like got a bunch of hoodies and re-upped wow. a bunch of my stuff. And yeah, now we got hoodies. So now I want to do nice. a pullover hoodie. Now I want to do or a fleece or something else like that. You like know? those t-shirt hoodies are popular now, huh? Yeah, yeah. The little, the thinner, the thinner yeah. hoodies are the are the one like thing. That, yeah, I, I'm not too crazy about them. Um, I like ones that are. I like the ones that are like UV. The U the UV ones, but man, they are god awful expensive. 
to, to right, come dude. out with. I'm yeah. gonna give you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you my idea. You can okay. have it. All right, have it. What we need is some 15 fathoms rash guards. All right, uh, for the dive site under wetsuit yeah. stuff. Rash guards. Okay, maybe even some undies. Some some dive undies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some silkies. Do y'all wear those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's. I good. used to have okay. one with dragons and stuff yeah. like flaming dragons. They were yeah. real, touch, you know, real. Uh, they were like Brazilian cut. I think is what it was called. <laughs> I would wear that as my uh, dive undies. Okay. So yeah, and that, that's the other one. Has been uh, when you need to come out with silkies with a big old Mark V on the side. Nice. So they're not they, put it right you know on the back. Make make it like a tramp stamp. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, totally. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> I'll do that shit. I'll do. I'll do one. I'll do one. One on the five. One on the butt. You know, or say just have a just have juicy on the back of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the the next the next up is bikinis and shirts go on those bikinis and then there's gonna there's there's some. Uh, grooming products coming coming through mm-hmm. and um i don't know what's ne- i don't know what next but i, I know i want to keep keep driving it keep uh you know it's it's weird it's like it's it's like a child it's, an, it's, an, it's another child that i have i love it sometimes i get to my nerves sometimes i really really like it and it's it's a it's a piece of me you know and i and I, it's in my heart you know that's awesome man well just know that we're behind you and uh like i said uh thank you again for for uh helping sponsor you know and uh yeah it's amazing to have you have you on board in the team and thanks for for stopping in and uh talking about you know talking about 15 fathoms and uh talking a little bit about mental health and how important it is in our uh you know diving career and post diving career you know too especially if it's post diving you know because I, I i know we all know somebody that uh like yourself that has you know been told that hey you know you you can't dive anymore you know and yeah. that's a tough thing to get through and you need help to get through it so for anybody listening that that uh that needs help, you know, uh definitely uh definitely reach out and and and, and try to get some help. So, um, what kind of resources uh can people reach out to, Tommy, that you know of? So, two big ones are uh, Military Source One. They'll do. They will set you up with a great therapist that you like, and they'll you get 12, 12 sessions for active duty. Uh, beyond that, there's another great organization called the Headstrong Project. And if you look, if you search on them, you, it usually says, uh, I think their Instagram is get headstrong, but headstrong project, they, they will help fund therapy for anybody who needs it. It's all confidential. I think it's, I think, uh, Cornell university has a lot to do with it. Um, but yeah, so those are, those are my two big ones right there. Headstrong project. And then, um, if you're for my Canadian guys, uh, I think it's like, uh, the, the honor house honor house is a good is a good resource i know they do like a halfway home for vets but they might have other mental health services for uh for the canadians so being inside I, I don't know i'm not i'm not really yeah. sure if there's any is it there's any advocate for for diving um but i can't say this when you walk into a therapist's office it's confidential you don't have to tell anybody what you're talking to that therapist about and you can just take t- just let down your guard a hundred percent, you know, and, and that's how you make headway with your own personal mental health. That's how you kind of start walking down that road towards, uh, mindfulness and towards self-acceptance. And that's my piece, my brother. Sounds like it takes work, you know, and, and, and if like anything, if you want to see results in something, you got to put the work in. So that's kind of what you, what you kind of said earlier too, you know, you got to have that self-realization, self-examination that, you know, hey, you got to go talk to somebody, and 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 you know, definitely a constant battle that we all have to work on, 
and uh, thank you for talking about it because, uh, I mean, that's something that we have to talk about in order to normalize a little bit. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. we're our father's children, you know, and uh, they were that generation was a warrior generation, real closed off, you know, real strong and everything. But looking back on, on my father, you know, it's like I totally understand a lot of stuff that he was going through. And I wish he'd gotten some help because then I might not have had as, you know, shitty of a childhood as I did. Yeah. 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 We, a lot of us got the same story. Same. Yeah. Same deal. But, um, but Hey, I think it's important that we had this conversation. I hope, uh, whoever hears it, you know, uh, it helps whoever needs to hear it. I hope whoever needs to hear it, hears it. And I'll, and I'll, I'll happily, uh, I'll, I'll repost this as a post on the, on the, on my feed. So I'll put, you know, I'll put you out there and hopefully get a lot more uh, subs and yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, thanks. Thanks a lot. And, uh, if you have any other, uh, like I said, you know, definitely want to have you on again, especially if you have any other, you know, project updates and stuff like that, any cool stuff to share, then, uh, definitely, uh, definitely have you on to talk about it. That, that'd be awesome. But thanks for coming on the bomb dollars dive shack. Awesome. Thanks again, man. All right. Cool. Olympic diver out. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. Make sure you like and follow on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook. Please share this podcast with your friends or anyone interested in commercial diving. The only way that uh, we can make this successful is if we do get a lot of people that are listening. We get more listeners, we get more sponsors, and that means more free stuff for you guys. That's right. We are hooking up all of our diver brothers and sisters in the trade. And uh, if you keep sharing and liking, we're able to do that a lot more. Our Instagram is at Bottom Dwellers DS. Our Facebook is Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. And you can always like and follow me at LB Diver on both. The Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack is available on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. We also have it streaming on our website at thebottomdwellers.com. So keep listening. Keep it safe. Keep it salty. This is LB Diver, out.